Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I am in a I am in a different state of mind right now, and quite literally a different state of mind. So it's 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 quite delightful. I I've never thought I would I would see the day or hear the day when you would say y'all. Uh, I have I'm, I'm one speaking my language. I was going to say I have spent a significant amount of time both in and around Texans, and yes, I meant that exactly the way that I said it. Um, so yeah, it's me too. Buddy. Me too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hash, hash, spent the last eight years in you Texas. Too. That's right. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, well, I'm now you know encroaching on the fabled Canadas. So you and I just did a hot swap and now we're going to see what happens. Although actually it just dawned on me, you know, obviously coming from Vancouver, Canada myself, I, I spent some time in Texas, never really considered myself a Texan, obviously was only there for a few years, but it just mm-hmm. dawned on me as we were making these little jokes here that, holy fuck, my daughter is a Texan. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, no. like I'm legitimately so a Texan. <laughs> and you also started that with the verb coming from you know Canada so I I guess that was apt in all ways shapes and forms (laughs) yeah I gotta steer clear of making jokes about you know coming into or out of yeah Uh, the the long horns as it were yes (laughs) that was an intentional pun yeah I appreciate that. Uh, see, I can never tell. I, unless Michael explains the joke to me, I, I don't know whether it's intended to be funny or not. <laughs> that, that, that was a joke. You're not wrong. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, ha, By the ha, way, ha, ha. That a, uh, <laughs> I was going to say off the bat, I, I have to issue our sincerest apologies and condolences uh, because if you survived the past several weeks, congratulations. Ooh. There's a badge we will be sending to all of you who have endured the Christmas Trinity. It was the unholy oh. Trinity, I think, as far as my estimation goes. True that. But I'd like to think that we three kings made it worthwhile. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, the three wise men we are not. <laughs> I would never say that I am. And speaking of Ugh. things that are by their very nature unholy by the eternal, behold, behold. it is still the Disinformed <laughs> Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm Michael. Uh, yeah, oh. and I'm also Michael. <laughs> uh, we're not doing, okay, the bit said, got it, got it. Yes, yes. Taking uh, notes, taking notes. All right, I was going to say, go. we can pivot and just call this Mike Cubed and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play it out. Two mics on two mics, and and just see what happens. Two mics, but one cup. That, <laughs> that might be a bridge too far. Just Fate even for my death. own tastes. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a bit much. That's how we get canceled, or canceled, uh, depending upon or your canceled. perspective. Canceled, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't well, keep depending shame. on. Well, you know, I don't know whether the cup is being eventually boiled pasteurized and then sold for someone else's consumption i don't know what you're all doing down at the local Some gamer bath water hey, ooh, or backwash i'm saying y'all for the entirety of this show this evening by the way Hell just yeah. so everybody is prepared <laughs> honestly oh, i worked yeah. y'all into my yeah i worked y'all into my language my lexicon ages back there it's it, it literally everybody says it down in texas so mm-hmm. uh, i also, with as pronoun slappy as everybody seems to be these days, I find y'all is just perfectly encompassing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about offending anybody. Yep. I just, if I y'all everybody, it, it's transitive. Nobody's going to scream at me. And it, You're and not wrong. Yeah. y'all works because it's just the three of us. But if we were mm-hmm. to have a few other members on and, you know, the call, then you'd have to go to all y'all or Ewan's. 
Oh, Ewins, you, oh. I haven't heard. Ewins, I Ewins, Ewins is like South Georgia. Okay. If, if all yawn, all Ewins, y'all's Ewins going to come down. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I, much. Yeah. Didn't know that one, but I know that, uh, y'all works like, you know, three to three to four works with y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as soon as you get like five or more, it's all y'all. See, and I say this because I got traumatized as, as a linguist. I was browbeaten by one of my colleagues because she was militant about the fact that if you ever utilize the phrase you guys, like just in, in passing, which I mean, it's, it's a colloquialism. It's a, a term of speech. It just happens. So you'll say, Hey, if you guys are, are free this evening, if you want, just go do this. She's like, um, we're not all guys. Oh no. Oh, and so yeah, we got browbeat on the the good old lexicon parade for a while. So I've These I've guys. learned to recondition myself. So y'all is it, it works really well as a uh, it, to supplant that in your your zeitgeist. So it's interesting the way the brain works cuz you mentioned you guys and you're just talking about hey you guys you want to do this that mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I think of like the Italian like yeah, you guys and then that made me Use think to like guys. uh how I just saw for the first time the movie Goodfellas. Had never seen it before. And I just watched it the other night. I know it. I, oh my it, God. Like, what are you, Michael Part 2? <laughs> it's somehow avoided. Uh, just, it, I've always heard of it. It's on the periphery. And literally, the only reason why I ended up like, oh yeah, I got to watch that was, uh, you know, Christmas time here. So, you know, I was watching Home Alone with the kiddo there. There's Joe Pesci. And I look up and I was like, oh, what was Joe Pesci doing? And I was like, oh, that same year he did My Cousin Vinny. And I watched that like three weeks ago. And what else did he do? Great oh, movie. hey, he did Goodfellas that same year too. And I was like, well, I, I watched My Cousin Vinny and I've watched Home Alone this month. I've never seen Goodfellas and he was in that that same year. Let me give it a shot. And to think the same year he did My Cousin Vinny, Goodfellas and Home Alone, mm-hmm. mind blowing. Just three completely different roles. So in speaking of things that we had discussed previously, that was one of the years where Joe Pesci, I feel, cracked the top 10 of high grossing actors because Home Alone was a record breaker. Uh, So, yeah, he was he was raking in the dough that year. But what a good movie. Oh, yeah. Oddly, I was just I saw something on YouTube explaining that he was initially going to be tapped to play the Paul Sorvino role. Uh, Pauly, because mm-hmm. he, they were not certain whether Sorvino was going to be able to do it. So they were telling Scorsese was telling Pesci, he's like, I might need you to play this. He's like, yeah, but I don't want to play that. <laughs> I don't want to do that role. I, I like being able to play, you know, Mickey and going fucking crazy. So oh, it's right up his alley too. Oh, and his yeah. death was just so like, mm, so good. So just- spoilers. Mm. Michael hasn't seen Goodfellas. So I mean, don't, oh, really? He don't hasn't re- either. Oh, I didn't realize. No. If you if you can think of a movie, I most likely haven't seen it. It is an easy assumption that hasn't really been proven wrong. No, so. I mean, it's a good bedrock to start with is that Michael probably hasn't seen it. Mm. But uh, the question is whether I will see it. Oh, you should. You should. Probably Having, not. Well, you know, it avoided my radar for 36 years and I finally got around. Well, not 36 because it hasn't been around that long, but I was saying 36 because I'm 36, but it avoided yes. my... My go for, you know, 30 years or so. Finally, now it comes up to you as a baby like, hey, you go see Goodfellas. It's a great masterpiece. And then I interrupt and say, excuse me, we're not all fellas. (laughs) In fact, and by the way, this is a Wendy's. (laughs) Oh, no. I always do this every single time. The the problem, like I find it really it is contingent on how you were raised. Like we are kind of a product of our environments and. 
I have famously told the story famously to, you know, the thousands of, of those in attendance here and the millions watching at home. Uh, I was raised by a mother who was running a video store when I was a kid. So this is how I was whelped into the world as I was just set in front of a screen with a Snickers bar and been like, here, watch, watch uh, the, you know, lethal weapon for the 18th time. I'm sure that this will do absolutely nothing to your fragile little psyche as a child. You'll be perfectly well adjusted. So to me, films from like the 80s and onward, I'm pretty well immersed in because I was conversant in everything that was coming out at the time. But I haven't watched a lot of black and white films. So I haven't seen Casablanca. Haven't watched oh. Citizen Kane. Oh, so like Citizen I haven't Kane seen a so lot good. of. I've made right. an effort to try to like knock out sides. I've. Uh, within since the pandemic i've seen casablanca i've seen citizen kane some of these like all-time classic films that you mm -hmm. know are always in our radar but i'd never actually sat down to invest any energy in. same thing with uh gone with the wind which okay. i could also haven't seen yeah. yeah i could admire some of the cin cinematography related to gone with the wind uh especially given the time that it came in like you know just the amount of extras and, and set design mm -hmm. and stuff some of it was rather glory uh gorgeous but uh boring as hell like, yeah it's not a lot of action it's, well just you not know. even the storyline itself is just oh such a snoozer i have no idea why that's like such a classic now citizen kane is still like rocking and i'm like oh this is beautiful great film well you know character studies uh vary dependent upon your interest and uh you as someone who is a fan of history i imagine you might have been a little more taken with gone with the wind but well, who it was knows? A, well it was a little a bit of a, a southern apologist there and i was like right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was i was like oh cinematic <laughs> reparations yes yes whitewashing why not mm. uh, as opposed to you know lampooning william randolph Hearst for being a prick mm -hmm. uh, exactly so, yeah i either way uh, speaking of which, have you seen the the Fincher film Monk? I haven't. It's on the list, though. Uh, Definitely do, because that sh sh essentially is the backstory of how Citizen Kane came to be written and made. Oh, so it's about the writer who who created the film, and it's brilliant. Gary Oldman's amazing, of course, and since he's going to be retiring as an actor soon, uh, you got to soak up as much of him as you can. Yeah, I love these uh, these little kind of like you know, stories about how things get made. Like I just watched the deal related to the, the Godfather there. And that was, mm -hmm. that was fantastic as well. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it or not, but I have not seen it yet. I'm, my interest is most certainly peaked, not the least, uh, reason being the cast, which mm -hmm. looks fantastic, but yeah, the, the oh, story it's looks very, amazing. very good. Highly recommended. I think you'd enjoy okay. it. Um, now on the subject of Scorsese though, does that mean that you also have not seen Casino? I have not either. Okay, well, if you if you haven't seen Casino and you liked Pesci in Goodfellas, he gets turned up another two volume levels for Casino because he is absolutely off the fucking charts for that. He's he's trying to be uh, Pacino and Scarface, basically. Okay, so oh. Scarface was another one that I've only seen post pandemic, where it was okay. like, okay, I've got to see this film. You know, it's a, I always hear about it, never seen it. Uh, yeah. but then uh, you know funny enough i've like missed out on all these like fantastic films but then like i catch joe pesci and like what like lethal weapon three or whatever it is uh-huh yep <laughs> and, like, three and four yeah, so yeah so i miss you gotta follow the actors that you like you know if they're really interesting you watch whatever they put out also case in point with me and cage you know yes one of one of my favorite diatribes ever is joe pesci in, in lethal weapon three they the or it might be four actually the uh they fuck you in the drive through mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. think that was four because he was ranting with chris rock of yeah <laughs> have either of you uh seen the violent night film 
That's kind of been all the rage this I Christmas season. I want to. I want to watch that. I, I saw the trailer, yeah. I watched it uh, two nights ago. Really good, actually. Very entertaining. Uh, way That's better what than I've I expected. Heard. And it has a... Yeah. You know, and it has David some, Harbor. Yeah, yep. but it's got some mm. pretty nice, like, gory kills in it where I was like, I, especially one in particular. I won't spoil for you there, Shane, but uh, if you like gory kills at all. Uh, Depends on the mood. There's there's the one film. in particular that is so fitting for Santa Claus, but was so unexpected. And when it happened, I was like, holy shit. And I love the gory stuff, but I was not expecting it and was like, all right, hats off. That was, that was good. That, that alone was worth the price of admission. So someone's sack gets caught in a chimney. I, I won't spoil <laughs> it, but you know, that, okay. that, that does, you know, could play a factor. factor. In. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hooray Color for a good intrigued. pun. Yeah, de- yeah. Definitely worthwhile. That, that, and, um, I can't remember the name of it now, but you know, from a year or two ago there, where uh, Mel Gibson was playing the Santa Claus, in that he, he played. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's on my periphery, but not a film Psych. that I dedicated to memory. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, uh, but I watched it when it came out, and same deal. That one was actually pretty good as well. So those okay. two, in terms of like a, yeah, and they kind of like tread the same ground a little bit in terms of like here's a Santa Claus that's like Santa Claus is real. He's mm. older. He's been at the game for a while. He's kind of sick of it, you know. Grizzled. Yeah, and then you know, shit goes south, and Santa's got to kick some ass. And that, and both of those are touching the same ground. And uh, it was a concept that I hadn't heard of or seen until Mel Gibson did it a couple years back. And I was like, oh, this was actually pretty good. Okay, I'm on board with this. And then them doing it again here, I thought, I wonder if this is just going to be like a rehash of what I just saw. It wasn't. Uh, it was also really good, but same basic concept. And it works out great because, like, you know, the opening of the movie is, like, you know, Santa getting drunk at a bar. And there's, like, other Santa Clauses that are just small Santas that think that that's all he is as well. Mm. And I'm not really spoiling anything because this all happens in the first, like, minute or two. Okay. And then, uh, so, you know, he gets drunk and he's, like, just on break. It's like he's got to be going back to deliver presents. So he goes back up to the roof and then the the bar uh tender there goes up to the top because he's not you know he he went up to the roof instead of leaving the establishment right right so right. she's going up there and she's like hey get your ass back down there you can't be up here if you slip and fall like you know my insurance is going to go through the roof or whatever and then she's like hey wh- where the hell are you and then she looks up and there he is you know on his sleigh going off with the reindeer and uh but you know he's pissed drunk and he just barfs all over the side of the sleigh and it rains down on her it was uh <laughs> right off the bat i'm like kind of chuckling to myself and i was like all right <laughs> All right, you, 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 yeah, you've caught me here. All right, let's see where you're taking this. So it's like bad Santa meets Die Hard, and yeah. uh, you know, perfect <laughs> holiday concoction. Yeah, okay, very, very Die Hard. Especially, you know, right down to like the, uh, you know, the microphones and talking to each other and stuff. Uh-huh. You know, with the the hostage inside and the guy on the outside. And don't oh, worry, no. I'm coming for you. And same deal there. Somebody ends up walking over glass, but it you know ends up being Christmas bulbs. See, and the the thing that also. <laughs> It's frequently lost on people is not only Die Hard a Christmas movie, Lethal Weapon was a Christmas movie. Starts off with, I I think, uh, either Jingle Bells or Silent Night as well, and winds up like the big fight with Gary Busey at the end of the film is they drove through the you know, Murdoch home with the Christmas tree and everything set up. So like they're, they're fighting with Christmas lights in the background. So those are always my go-to Christmas movies. Oh, that couldn't agree counts more. for me at the very yeah, last. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Uh, uh, I'm actually very much the same way. Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, regular plays, mm-hmm. uh, as well as The Nightmare Before Christmas. Those are always in rotation Naturally, every December. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I finally got the uh, you know the Nightmare Before Christmas coffees. 
Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I, when we last asked about it, I hadn't had it. I only had like the regular like eggnog stuff. Uh-huh. Finally got the uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas package there. Haven't actually tried any of it yet. I just oh, got... you son of a bitch. You, you got to stop teasing the audience here. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to give a review if we're going to be talking about this. I'm just things. here to jingle your bells a little bit, you know, just right underneath there. Just <laughs> uh, <bah> humbug. <laughs> but well, I just got I got it for Christmas. So I got it on Christmas Day. Um, which yes, okay, okay. granted I've had a, a couple days to actually tap into it, but, mm-hmm. but have yet to do so just because we've had other stuff on the go. Now, here's the question. Do you make a point of opening coffee whenever you get it? Or do you feel the need to sort of extinguish another bag of coffee before you dive into another? Uh, I will usually bounce between three bags. But I okay. and so I currently have three bags on the go. That way I'm you know mixing up the flavors and stuff. Yeah, like variety is important. Yeah, but uh, but and two of them are relatively low, so I'll probably you know try to hammer those two out before I go into this. But I I don't want to have like an armada of coffees opened up, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, although so. I have been known, like so, like years back uh, in 2016, I was uh, gifted a uh, Tim Hortons coffee, like a big canister of it right a little something you know a little taste of back home and uh and i have this foolish thing sometimes where if i get something special i want to like hold on to it and like save it for some sort of special occasion right so it's like it just doesn't feel right to just crack into it it's like this is a little taste of home here so i gotta keep this and so i kept it and i kept it and i kept it and then i ended up here in virginia and i look at the back of the or the bottom of the coffee can and still unopened and i'm here now and i'm like oh i wonder like you know maybe i should crack this thing open here i've got the new house and stuff this seems like a good special occasion gotta gotta celebrate and so when i go to open uh, look at the can here the bottom of the canister uh says that it expired in march of 2017 Yep. And, (laughs) (laughs) and so it's it's uh it's unopened and so i'm like well, you know, it's fucking coffee. So, like, and I, and I'm, I can't let it go to waste. I like kept it for all this time. So I cracked it open and I made the coffee and it certainly did not taste like home, but, but I am also <laughs> uh, a legendary penny pincher and was like, uh-huh. well, I cannot let this coffee go to waste. So, uh, Elda, you know, she wouldn't, she like tried some of it and then the first day and then she was like, this, this, something's wrong with this. And my mom was visiting when I had opened it up as well. And she was like, Honey, what coffee did you make? Cause I, I don't like this coffee, honey. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend. And I was like, no, no, it's fine, mom. So then, uh, ever since then, you know, and I just finished it like four or five days. Well, no, just, you know, about a week ago now. I just finished it, but I'd make like the regular coffee so that Elda and I could have like some good coffee. And then I'd make the Tim Hortons one just to work my way through it steadily. <laughs> uh, so I did drink all of it, but let that be a lesson to you misers out there. Like, you know, yes, you know, savor something, enjoy it, save it for a good moment, but. Maybe not five years. Yeah, I I am also a notorious spendthrift, but at the same time, like I I have a mother who has compulsions about dates, particularly expos. So yeah, I had a famous story when my wife and I were first living together. I think it probably been like maybe six or seven months, and she has a very interesting combination of flavors she loves, which she likes the microwave or or you know sort of like fr- freezer section taquitos. And okay. and mayploy sauce, and what sauce? Mayploy sauce. So it is some sort of like an Asian uh, chili oh, sauce. Okay. okay. And 
it's it's a combination she loves. So she kind of uses it like an egg roll to a certain degree? Basically. Okay. So it kind of has a, a similar functionality. But um, she went to make some of this one evening, and she asked me to get the bottle for her. And this bottle is one of the economy size, like the, the thing holds like a gallon of liquid. And I turned it around and looked at it, and it was three years beyond the expiration date. <laughs> and she she still insisted she was going to go through with eating this thing. And I was like, no, I'm not taking you to the hospital. And she's like, no, but I've been, I just had some last week. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, well, I've I always riding the, the line. in that because it's a very sugary sauce, right? I have no idea. I'm not going to taste that shit. I have absolutely no inclination to go to the hospital. Well, if it's one way I've seen other, hoarders. If it's, if it's super sugary, I'd say the sugars might preserve it. Or if it's not super sugary but super spicy, then I'd say the spices probably kill whatever. She's probably – I probably would have done the same. Hell, I would have done the same thing. I'd have yeah, been like, I, yeah, I would have done the same thing. Like, let me let me try a piece of it. Let me just, like, put a little bit on my fingertip and let okay. me try it. So you, you're you all the cats that are going to be like, oh, yeah, the, there was only mold on, like, these three pieces of bread in the loaf let me just separate those and i'll eat the remainder we used to kill animals in like eat them there in the mud okay cook a little fire and eat them there in Uh the mud yeah and then you'd salt them and you'd keep them salted jerky for a long ass time so if we survive that i think that we can survive some sweet and sour asian sauce there that's been in the cupboard a little longer sweet and sour mold (laughs) we got it but as a species also we didn't used to carry around fucking epi pens either i mean we have given our rights to progress somewhat so i don't think we need to be beholden to the the ancient pastimes like do you just crouch and shit wherever you have a mind to grab some leaves and clean up afterwards like no i think we've evolved a little bit beyond eating stuff that's expired i I can't judge her i drank coffee that was in my cupboard for five and a half years after its expiration date it was actually in the cupboard for like six and a half years okay (laughs) i i I don't feel so bad anymore thank you i appreciate that oh yeah but to that point when i made that error i uh i had also held on to like different bones coffees you know historically and and had let some of those goes past their date because i was like well you know this is nice coffee here i i want to i don't want to like drink this as my daily go i don't want to drink it when it's good i want to let it languish before i can yeah i have learned my lesson so now i regularly drink my good coffees now and i'm cracking them all open and working my way through it so this will never happen again i have i have steadily learned my lesson Suddenly, I have Tarantino ringing in the back of my mind. The Ving Rhames Pulp Fiction speech. This business is littered with people. Motherfuckers thought their ass would age like wine. (laughs) If you mean it turns to vinegar, they do. You mean they get better with age. They don't. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Uh, But I did also learn that you can drink coffee, you know, Six years past its date, and uh, you know, it tastes a little funny, but honestly, still drinkable. <laughs> nothing growing in it. Well, it's kept in a pretty dry place. It's, still it's fine. And it still it's woke fine. me up, perked me up mm-hmm. in the mornings and stuff. So, you know, I also learned that expiration dates are uh, just a lie by big corporate, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's big expiration date telling you when you can and That's cannot. That's right. Eat Henry Sobrowski has been telling us it for years. <laughs> See, you say this like that you've made this discovery and like, yes, I'm also thinking I could conceivably put my genitals between a pair of cinder blocks and slam them down and live to tell the tale. I wouldn't recommend it. And I certainly don't think it's an approach I'm going to take anytime soon. So we'll just split the difference here and say that you probably just, you know, buy some coffee, 
drink it and and then move on to some more. Well, so with the wife and the you know sweet and sour sauce, or you know the the sauce that I can't mm-hmm, pronounce mm-hmm. the name of, and certainly won't try because I'm sure I'll butcher it. And have I, well, I'm also name. not sure I'm pronouncing um, it correctly either. Just to be did clear. she have a backup bottle, or did you just make her go sauceless that night? I, I made her go sauceless. It's like we're not hey. doing this. Oof. Wow. Listen, it's not the <laughs> first time she will have gone dry uh, and, and certainly won't, won't be, be the last. last. <laughs> Anybody who's talked to me for more than five minutes, you can guarantee she's going to have some dry evenings. But <laughs> And speaking of, you know, being dry after nuptials, Michael, uh, how, how, was the, uh, how was the trip? How was the honeymoon? You, you got to oh. give uh, some dish to the listeners here because, mm-hmm. you know, the last time we, we talked... There's a lot of, uh, you know, compression going on to get us ready for you to to take the trek up to the, the you know, glorious Northlands that I now that's, occupy. That's true. Um, I was actually, I think you had gotten there a couple of days before I had. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but uh, we flew up to Seattle, landed, you know, had a couple of good days and then it snowed. Mm-hmm. And I learned that it doesn't snow often in Seattle. Nope. And then I also learned that they have very few plows. For Seattle and its suburbs. So I got to drive on some icy roads mm-hmm. and uh, that was absolutely fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, like I understand like when you hydroplane a little bit here in Phoenix, like it happens, you yeah, know, you're not yeah. paying attention. You got to woo, you know, that sort of thing. But when you come to a complete stop or you think you've come to a complete stop and your car is like, nah, dog, I think I'm going to go an extra 10, 15 feet. And you're like, whoa, man, the, 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 you know, the intersection's in 20. Are you going to stop? <laughs> the car's like, maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not as fun. It's not yeah, as fun. I can tell you. So when I was 16, um, my folks relocated to like Havasu from the White Mountains where I was living, but mm-hmm. I was still finishing up my semester at high school. And so I'd had my brand new Suzuki sidekick that my uh, father had got secondhand to, to give me. But this is what I was cruising at the time. And I was in snow, did not put the thing in four wheel drive and didn't realize that I was hitting ice until I hit ice. So firstly, it, you can imagine a man of my size and girth in a Suzuki sidekick. My nickname was Donkey Kong because I literally looked like, you know, a really bad, you know, Mario Kart level Donkey Kong driving this thing around. And I hit a patch of ice and I just started swirling like I was in a fucking bumper car. And I just kept, you know, turning into the skid and I managed to do full rotations behind a school bus. So I had all of my (laughs) contemporaries watching me just spin around (laughs) and I probably did eight full revolutions before I finally made it off the side of the road and just gently eased to a stop. So I I know your your pain there, my friend. It is not pleasant. It was fun, though. (laughs) Terrifying, but fun. It would be a lot more fun if it was not in a car that was just loaned to be my by the people that I was staying with. Uh, oh, that's even more fun though, because then you can drive uh, it like you stole it. Exactly. No, it was like you don't really it was a have a Prius. Any. Oh, <laughs> classless <laughs> fucking bastards! Oh, jeez. I oh. mean, it did its well, job. No wonder but, it wasn't uh, stopping when it was supposed to stop. It was way too light. Whereas, like on the other side, they have like a full SUV, and that's what they like to drive when it snows because. That thing they sent got you weight. out in the Prius. Well, yeah, because they needed the other one. They're like, we don't really use the Prius. You could take it. I'm like, cool. I'll take that because it's like an hour and a half bus ride to cent- uh, like downtown Seattle. So I'm like, I'll take this. 
Michael, I'll take you, a twenty minute drive. Do you feel that these people like you? Uh, they like my wife. Okay, and that's all I care about. Was your wife in the car with you? Uh, yes. Okay. 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 I was glad to say because otherwise, <laughs> this sounds to me as though, in a very Goodfellas esque fashion, they were trying to get rid of you. Like, you could do better. You could do better. Given the Prius in a snowstorm, yeah, you're going to get the life insurance. Talk- yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. That this might have been a you know way to get you out of the picture there because it was like, oh, we. You know, you're saying, oh, you know, we need to use this, you know, the, the, the SUV here and, you know, we don't really need the Prius. And I was like, maybe they were thinking, we don't really need Michael. <laughs> here, take the Prius. We don't need the Prius or Michael. Yeah. Just get rid of them both. <laughs> you know, write us, write them both off on my insurance. It's good. It's good. So uh, what were your favorite sightseeing locations in Seattle? What were the, the places that impacted you the most? Did you go to like, you know, the fishmongery and... Yes, okay. and there is the the part of the fish market of Pike's Market, Pike's Place, uh, right? Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, so we went to the first Starbucks because that's what you like go. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah Who doesn't? Freaked out about Starbucks is delightful. Anyway, so we, I, we listen. I, I'm not a sophisticant. If it's coffee, I'll drink it. I think we've yes, all talked about this. We were splitting hairs over whether I liked Punkin' Dunkin' or not. I'm obviously <laughs> not a gourmand. Well, clearly, I am, as you can tell by our previous conversation. Yeah, with your so. five year old Tim Hortons. That's, <laughs> hey, yeah. Aged, you know, with, aged with the, Tim the Hortons. Funny thing okay. is, the funny thing about that is, five and a half year past expiration date Tim Hortons, still better than fresh Starbucks. You know, you're probably Damn. not wrong. Uh, Does it taste like maple syrup? Hashtag O Canada. Got a, a fucking head on a Pike's place. But anyway, moving. So, yeah, so you, you so saw the place. Space so we, Needle. We went there. We explored a Pike's place like in its entirety as best as we could. Oh, we went so where'd you have sex? Fish, uh, the fish market. Um, how appropriate so so there's a little well not a little it's the main stall where they actually will like hawk like thought you're talking about your wife again i'm sorry no 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 (laughs) it's not a little Uh, it's the main stall (laughs) that's my wife um (laughs) anyway like the place where they like will throw fish at each other like the ones that are like getting (laughs) it's a thing that i've heard okay so there it's the main fish market part of pike's market yes so there is a little like a curio stand or something that's like within the fish market part where they have a monkfish and it is oh. plastic. So I thought you were about to say you bought a monkey's paw. I no, got terrified oh. for a minute, but okay, monkfish I can go this with. This would explain yes. a lot. Yes, but no, it's supposed to be like a plastic monkfish. Okay. And the idea is that you walk up to, you look at it, you're like, oh, this is a weird fish. They have a string behind you know, the stall and everything, it's supposed to move it and shock them. Uh-huh. And so, of course, like, I was looking at it and with my wife and everything, and the person came up and was like, oh, you looking at anything? I'm like, yeah, I just really want to know more about this monkfish. She's like, okay, let me, you know, get some more information. He walks up behind it, she looks at it, and it jumps and it freaks her the fuck out, and it was hilarious. Um, See, I absolutely- just... I'm I, now right. I'm imagining like it's it's Billy Big Mouth Bass there. You, you turn to it, it's like, take me to the river! <laughs> Uh, it, it's not as exciting as that. It's supposed to just be like a jump scare where it's like, wow, you know, it moves when you're not expecting. They need it. to call me. I'll help, you know, class it up with some ventriloquism. I'll just start singing random aqueous themed songs. There you go. You'll just sit underneath, you know, like just be reading a book or something. They'll be like, ah, someone wants to look at the monkfish. You'll be like, ah, hello uh, there, uh, good I'm sir. Over here, Muppet in the monkfish. Like, <laughs> born on the bayou. <laughs> 
Um, that was great. We got to see the gum wall, which was right next to Pike's Market, which was great. We, you know, symbolically left two sticks of gum next to it, uh, like, you know, connected, love forever, whatever. Um, and But my favorite part, my favorite part of all of Seattle was the underground. We got to go to Pioneer Square and go underground and see the tunnels and everything that was just absolutely beautiful uh, and just learn all the the history about Seattle and how much it was covered in shit. Hmm. And after shit, brothels. So it was, was great. So uh, what was the most recent film? Like, I obviously I'm going to forget it, but was it like malicious uh, or whatever the hell the there's a horror film that ha- a large portion of it takes place in the underground in, in Seattle. Really? Like, yes, no, there is a, Yes. So it's a, it's one of the James Wan ones that just came out in the last year that has like the weird where the person's sprouting out of the back of the other individual's head. I'm just forgetting what the fucking title of the movie was, but, uh, yeah, that ruined any concept of the underground of Seattle for me because it was like this movie is so goddamn abysmal that, uh, it it disabused me of the notion of even wanting to go near there because it's, you know, guilt by association. It, I, you know, I'd still say it's it's worth it if you're ever in Seattle for some bizarre reason oh, or another. Oh, I will be at some point soon. I'm close enough now. Yeah. Melissa's threatened. How far away like are I, you now from there? Uh, as the crow flies, probably about, you know, two days. Okay. <laughs> I, I If I turn into a crow. With but, enough ice, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. It's probably maybe well like uh, six or seven hours. It's probably not bad at oh, all. Oh, that's not terrible. It that's actually like probably a... is less than that. It probably would be like going to Vegas from Phoenix. It's probably like three or four hours. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, okay. okay well, yeah, three or four hours is not bad at I'm all. I'm just talking out of my ass over here. I have no idea. I haven't <laughs> measured this thing out in distance at all. I'm just purely speculating. I mean, fair enough, fair enough. I barely know where the hell I am right now. There's six or seven subdivisions out here where it's just like all of them are interconnected. So it was like, wait, I okay, so I was in Tualatin, and now I'm in Beaverton, but I'm trying to get to Tigard, but now I'm over here in Aloha for some fucking reason. And who the hell names a suburb Aloha? Aloha. Yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's confounding up here, but it's beautiful. I will say that. Oh, oh yeah, Pacific Northwest. Yeah, you got life. You got trees and I do. You know, greenery. Just no light to actually cause them to live. But, uh, you know, eventually we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I know Fair that enough. I'm about three and a half hours or so from the White House. When we moved here, I was like, oh, how far is it to D.C.? And so I just, Oddly specific. I was well, like, what, I are you just, planning an incursion? <laughs> well, it was, you know, when it was like, oh, I wonder how far away well, are we Well, January are. 6th is coming back, you know. <laughs> There's that watch list again, God damn it. Well, no. <laughs> we just no, got off of one. <laughs> Biden, he invited me over, you know, but I, I had to pass him up. I had to say no. I had other plans. What can I say? I was like, well, you were either Italian or Russian in equal measure in that last sentence. And I don't know what just happened. (laughs) He's Italo-Russian. He's both. He's both at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So I had some borscht with the meatball. I'm a member of the KGB Nostra. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, you get a good job, Danny. You get a discount. You hang out with the guys out in front of the place. And it's great. (laughs) See, see, this is why I need to leave the accents to Shane. <laughs> I, you better have some red sauce on that, or I'll find you and beat the life out of you, you fuck. <laughs> it's all about the first, vodka sauce. Yeah, this is schizophrenic, either Russian mob or Italian mob. Just someone. This just is twitching. how the vodka sauce got to be made. <laughs> Uh, that is Melissa's mm. favorite sauce, by the way. Very tasty. Good sauce. Very, very it's big fan sauce. of the vodka sauce. 
So we're so okay. So Michael, you're back home, and Shane, you're obviously yes. in the new locale. So he like, are, is also back home because that is his oh, new true. home. It is true. Yes, mm-hmm. where I hang my hats. So where, yes. where where do you plan to explore now? What's on your destination list in the terms of the local scenery that you're like? I gotta go check this. <laughs> the spot. back of his eyelids. There are seven different graveyards that I've been looking at, just depending Ooh. upon you know my circumstances. Uh, I'm just trying to determine which one would best suit me. That's good. It's good to shop around now. Yeah, know? yeah, you know. <laughs> Plan early. So, yeah, it's important. It, you know, Exceedingly early, but still. For but my still. eternal rest, uh, since I'm going to be the afterlife's leading bio-exorcist, I, I need to get myself in, in full gear here. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the nearest biggest city to you? Uh, Seattle. Oh, okay. I, no, I kid. No, no I was going to say. Uh, we, I, I am on the outskirts of Portland, technically. So Okay. Oh, so you are like, with you fall within the kind of the greater Portland yes, area? Yes, I am in okay. the, the greater metropolitan area of Portland. Okay. Yeah, the, well, that would that's actually a beautiful area. I, I lived in Rosewood for like 18 months, which is, a, I think, around that general, somewhere in that neck of the woods there. I've seen several guitars made of it, but I, I have no other, mm. you know, general good wood, familiarity. Good mm. Yeah. Yeah. So she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm like here. a half an hour from Norfolk here in Virginia. Ooh, which is okay. Like a big city and extremely fortunate time for me to show up here as well, especially as a hockey fan. So, uh, out in Texas in Austin, um, we had the Texas Stars, which were the mm-hmm. AHL affiliate of the Dallas Stars, right? And yeah. and used to be the North Stars when they were in Minnesota. You know, back well, before the all NHL, the class yeah. was drained out of them. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, so the Dallas Stars used to be the Minnesota North Stars. Yes. yes. And so you got the NH. So there's three professional tiers, right? You got the NHL, uh, then the AHL and the ECHL. So the AHL feeds into the NHL, the ECHL feeds into the AHL. So mm-hmm. AHL hockey, uh, which the Texas Stars out there in Cedar Park. So like, uh, I used to get regular season tickets, full season tickets to it. Fantastic hockey because it's just a tear down from the NHL, but it's also all the young guys that are like, you know, hungry to get in. You never know when a scout's going to be out there or whatever and want to pull you up, right? So they're, they're like playing their heart out. So it was fantastic hockey. Get out here. It's the ECHL. So it's one tier down from that, right? So it's, so it's, uh, I wasn't sure how good the hockey would be. So I went to a game and, uh, it's, it's definitely not AHL or NHL quality here. Like the difference between AHL and NHL, I couldn't really tell you the difference. The, the, the hockey okay. was both just phenomenal. This Speed's one, I was a little generally more, passable, you know? Yeah. This one was a little bit more like, you know, the, you could kind of tell that it was a little rougher around the edges, but <clears throat> a perfect time to be coming to uh, Norfolk because uh, in uh, January, like 16th, I think it is the, um, the ECHL All-Star Game is going to be held in Norfolk this year. So I guess it travels around. There's like 30 Ooh. teams for the ECHL. So, you know, it's probably not going to happen for another 30 years, you know, right. when it cycles back to this city. So it just happens to be the time that I'm here. And they're going to be doing the ECHL All-Star Game right here in Norfolk. And they're bringing the Stanley Cup to town as part of it. Get out of oh. here. Yeah. And it's like, you know, going to be like 18 minutes from me there. So I'm like, this is phenomenal. So you're going to get to watch the apex of mediocrity. That's right. And and then, you know, sample the Stanley. Uh, ex- mm-hmm. Precisely. It's it's just a very interesting time to be like, okay, you know, it, what's what's hilarious is so the Norfolk Admirals as well, uh the the, the team here, mm-hmm. um literally has the worst record in all three professional hockey leagues right now. So the yeah. yeah, the local team here. <laughs> so what's really really funny is uh they had lost, you know, every game and then my mom came to town in the in October. 
And we were supposed to see a game. It was like Friday night, but you know, uh, Cordelia wasn't feeling great or whatever. So we opted to go the okay. next night. So we went on Saturday. So Friday they won their first game and it was like, ah, <sighs> damn, we could have like, Period. yeah. And it was so, but it was still oh. early in the season. It was still early in the season. They'd lost a few. Okay, I guess October. Yeah, okay. So they had okay. lost a couple, but then they won one and it was like, okay. And then when we went, they lost and it was like, okay, damn, we just missed it. And then they lost every other game they played until November <laughs> when my stepdad visited and he, uh, he, he and I went to a hockey game as well, and they won that night. And I was like, damn, if my mom – and so that was – they had two wins in the whole season. One – the first win was the game that I was supposed to first go to with my mom, and then the second win was the win with my dad, uh, my stepdad. And then it went like that for a good chunk because they still – even now, they only have like four wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, But for a good chunk of time, I, you know, I was talking to my stepdad even at the start of December, and I was like, you know, you and mom uh, almost saw half – the uh or like all of their wins and even now you're Uh up there in canada and you can say you've seen half of this team's wins out here in virginia and you're on the opposite side of the the uh, coast jeez so but the reason why i mentioned that in terms of the uh, you know the you know the the peak of mediocrity is apparently Mm -hmm. with the echl all-star game unbeknownst to me because i never followed this league before because it wasn't you know there was no local team for me to follow yeah not Um, necessary i guess what they do is they take the for the host cities that they go to, they take the ECHL all-star team, you know, like that they've collected from all the different teams and stuff of the best of the best of that league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do like skills competitions against the local team, right? Oh, like the I local, see. so the Norfolk Admirals. <laughs> so it just happens to be that the Norfolk Admirals also happen to be completely terrible. They're not even like yeah. a, a decent team. They're just completely. They're inept. Yeah. So you're going to get the best of the best of which nobody from the Admirals is going to be on that team anyways. Naturally. Uh-huh. And then they're going to be in, going against the worst team, the worst of the worst leagues. And so it's, it's going to be a bit of a massacre and I'm somewhat yeah. looking forward to it. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters of the ECHL. It'll it'll just be, you know, <laughs> watching them just kill the admirals. Yeah, so That's it's exciting. Be, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. It's, it's a good time to have had them come. And then even better than that, uh, also completely by happenstance, uh, I'm just here. So I'm in uh, in Hampton, where I live here in Virginia. There's like little kind of like Hampton isn't that big in general, but there's like All little right. areas of it. Like there you got the Phoebus district of Hampton and you've got the Fort Monroe district of Hampton. Phoebus. And so all these like little districts, because they used to be little towns that uh Phoebus. Yeah, well that's literally where I live. I'm like thirty <laughs> seconds away from Phoebus downtown. You're Sorry, in, I can't handle Phoebus. You're in the Phoebus. <laughs> the Phoebus now. district. I'm- yeah, knee deep, head deep in That's the Phoebus. Right. Ooh, if you're in the Phoebus, you might need to, you I know, notify the authorities. Walk yeah. out my front door, and I'm balls deep in Phoebus. Oh God, <laughs> fate worse than death. <laughs> but uh, so, do you get like any of the embryonic fluid on you because of that? Then, or is, do you have to wear like a raincoat? Is it a Gallagher oh, I love, show? So What's, I can tie this to what I was show. just about to talk about because. Uh, I have learned to rue the day that I slid from my utopia of embiotic slime. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite lines from the Cherry Pop and Daddy song, God is a Spider. A uterine and, utopia, in mm-hmm, fact. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but the reason why I mention this is that, uh, you know, Cherry Pop and Daddies are actually out your way. They, they're from Eugene, Oregon, and they mm-hmm. primarily just like they still live out there and they really only do stuff out in Oregon. So I was very tempted when we were discussing like moves ourselves uh, just back in like June to, you know, mosey on in that direction, right? Especially because it'd be a little closer to my parents and stuff. But we ended up out here, of course. So anyhow, uh, they don't really tour anymore that much, yeah. uh, except for the local little stuff that they do there. 
anyhow, on their they're they're coming in January uh, to Maryland for some show that they're like it's a makeup date from like two years ago. So I'm actually going to be going to that in Glencoe. It's like three hours away, but. Uh, it's like one of the odd times that they happen to be here on the East Coast, but that's not what I'm getting to. The The thing that I thought was super, super cool, like I said, the ECHL All-Star Game is happening here. But then outside of that, Cherry Papadaddy's just posted that they're a part of the uh, the Ska Festival. I can't remember, the, can't remember the actual title of the Ska Festival, but some yeah. sort of Ska Festival taking place in September out in Fort Monroe oh. here the, in Hampton. And so the Cherry Papadaddy's are coming to fucking Hampton, Virginia. They're going to be playing six minutes from my house. I was like mind blown. I was like, I can't believe my favorite band is coming to the the little small town I never heard of until I was like shopping for a cheap house and some cheap spot to live. Right. And and even better than that, I then message them on Facebook and say, you know, because I, I I've been like you know in the peripheral of things, right? Because I've been a fan of theirs for like twenty years. Yeah, but also just gauging your your particulars now, having known you in the circumstances we're presently occupying. Are you trying to join the fucking band? Like, what's this going? <laughs> well, so get this. So I I message them. Oh no! And I say, uh, and I say, it's Steve, because Steve is the, Steve Perry's lead singer, mm-hmm. and so and I know he's the one that you know does all the socials and stuff. Not right? Journeys, Steve Correct. Perry. By Correct. the way, exactly. Of just yes, to of clarify before yes. people get excited. Exactly. Uh, but I messaged him and I said, Hey Steve, uh, saw that you guys are coming to Hampton, Virginia here in September for the Ska festival. Uh, Still upset. You're not journey, but, uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know, uh, that I recently bought a six bedroom house out here in Hampton. I'm about, you know, six minutes away from Fort Monroe where you guys are going to be playing. So if you want to save money on, uh, hotels and all that jazz, uh, you're welcome to stay here in my house if you like. And he messages oh, and he messages me back and says, Hey Michael. Thanks. Might take you up on that. Send me your details. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> now, there's a weird gambit between the both of you here because now, as as a musician myself, <laughs> if I were to receive some entreaty from a fan of mine who I've never – I mean, I, I'm assuming you've never met. Oh, no. I've met Steve him a couple times. Flesh. Okay. All right. But uh, are you conversant or is it just you were yeah, one are of the people in the line or and, he would be, and shook hands? No, he, he would be uh, – like so I'm kind of like why well, more acquaintances with like the trumpet player Dana. Uh, okay. But uh, Steve would be aware of me just like, you know, periodically because I'm like the super fan. Right. Okay. So, like, right. on the like, even when they were on their hiatus back in the day, like on the old Cherry Pop and Daddy's revival forums that existed, he would occasionally pop on there to read stuff, and then me and a few other like diehard fans would pop on and message stuff and everything. Okay. So, um, you know, he so would see me quantity. like comment. Yeah, he would see me like comment on stuff okay. here okay. and there. Like, okay. not a lot of interactions, but he has like occasionally responded to a comment here. He knows okay. of you, but yeah. apropos, okay. even in in that instance, I I would feel as though there was a a bottle of chloroform in my future (laughs) (laughs) even even the friendly invitation was extended it'd be like yeah i'm definitely not doing that but let me let me patronize this individual for a bit well that could be sure that sounds good but he and i we've had a couple exchanges here and there like over time okay so you slept with him that's uh, that's all you have to say yeah that's what i'm hearing well you know i've blown his trombone yeah sure Indeed, uh, but, and, and, he, and then you threw back a bottle of beer. So yeah, that's right. So well, I'm just saying, like, uh, I was, I was shocked to see that they'd be coming to this little town that I'd naturally. never heard of, and, and then, then all just over I, you, yeah. And then I just sent out a message thinking that it would go into the ether and never be heard of, mm-hmm. and 
you know, similar to my initial like, hey, let me like, you know, what's this random podcast thing here? Let me comment on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now here I sit with you here. And for all I know, come September, you know, in this very room, I could be sharing a drink with the lead singer of the Chair Poppin' Daddies doing our own little Zoot Suit Riot. Mm-hmm. Again. Because <laughs> it's, it's now <laughs> canon that you were his canon. But... Uh... I, well, that's exciting news. I'm looking forward to hearing yeah. about how you dispose of the bodies. <laughs> well, and, I've got a huge uh, I backyard, buddy. Huge backyard. Naturally. Come to Virginia I've heard sometime. That about you. you and Mel come here. You got a place yeah, to stay. Yeah, that's not happening. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I appreciate the offer. But uh, hey, uh, unlike Shane, them, I, I heard you I, might be coming. I, <laughs> and if you want yeah, to save she, on the hotel. <laughs> See, I have I have enough tact to to say there's not a snowball's chance in hell that I will either be in Virginia or in your home at any point in the near future. Wow! Look, you after, hear this, Michael? After Look that at how drive, things have changed. Look at how things have changed, Michael. Once upon a time, he talked about flying me out to Arizona. You oh know, yeah, because yeah, I'm flying you like... out, not flying to you. There's, <laughs> there's a difference. There's also, a difference here. There's a yeah. I am full of empty promises. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a group of four other people sitting back in Phoenix right now that can attest to this. So I was like, yeah, no, I'd never just Irish goodbye, everybody. It's fine. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's never going to happen, buddy. But uh, yeah. I love and appreciate you regardless. Still. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. But the offer oh, you're does the only stand. One. The offer does Aww. stand if you happen to ever be in Virginia and need a place mm-hmm. to hang one of your hats. I have a guest room. Welcome to it. Same thing well, with you, Mr. Michael. And, you know, the same to you. If I ever need to H.H. Holmes a, a, a good acquaintance and, uh, you know, just uh, assume your identity for Social Security purposes, you're more than welcome to, to come meet your end in my basement. I, too, have multiple and, uh, you know, hallways that lead to nowhere in this house. It's true. Yes. I will Albert I Fish jealous. the fuck out of your body. Uh, just eat your buns. Baked. That's oh mm. Albert Fish. That's so funny because I uh, I literally just the other day listened to the uh, last podcast on the left. Uh, Albert Fish. Okay, so you had an Albert Fish stick, in fact. That's right. Some hot yes. dogs shoved up there. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I mean Ooh. that is the only way to prepare those. We're, yeah, we're not talking about the tender vittles of children on this show. That's we're right. Just give me away. some paintbrushes and let's play a little game. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, let me shove some nails in my taint. But uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Michael Clark. That's the worst way to end this show. But I think oh, that it is, in fact, over? the best way is to always reference Albert Fish as an outro. Okay, well then I will find a way to work that into every upcoming show going forward. If you thought that uh, Pinhead was terrifying in Hellraiser, just wait until you've seen Albert Fish's ball sack. Oh, right. God. Uh, Albert Fish now featured at not Ike's safe for life. Uh, yeah. He is the monkfish. Uh, <laughs> make, make sure to go and check out all those x-rays, because they are delightful. You can see all the things that got rattled around in his small intestine. Ooh. But, uh, it's not everything it's cracked up to be. And also be sure that you go check out all of our relevant or irrelevant socials. We've got a link in the show notes below that's going to take you to all of our fabulous social media, including Michael's phenomenal shorts, which you can find over on the Tubes of View, as well as all of our glories. Disinformed After Dark, Disinformed Book Club, and an array of other entertaining material for you to sample there. And of course, you can find our defunct Instagram account and all of our glories is archived material there which may or may not be a little 
more or less disturbing than Albert Fish's ball sack. But uh, I believe that is going to wrap this rascal up for this week. And so for the Disinformed Podcast, I'm Shane, they are Michael, and zippity-zoop, we're out of here.